Danielle, a.k.a. Penny Dreadful, and you just heard the rockin' new Terror at Collinwood theme song, a cover of the Dark Shadows theme, a surf rock cover by Johnny D and the Moonlighters. I want to thank Johnny D and the Moonlighters for creating this incredible theme song for Terror at Collinwood. Johnny, who is also known as uh, Horrible Henry, the horror host, uh, along with Mad Marty, they host Graveyard Cinema when we were shooting our big 4th of July crossover with Octavian Hallow and Dr. Direct for the um, Monster Channel. Uh, I mentioned to Johnny that Mikey Plague, who is a big Dark Shadows fan, uh, punk rock musician, and I were talking over at Seaview, and Mike, I said, you know, I'm surprised there aren't more like rock covers of Dark Shadows songs like Clendon's theme and the Dark Shadows theme, and Mikey replied, there should be a surf rock version of the Dark Shadows theme because of the crashing waves in the opening credits and set on the coast. It just makes total sense. I said, oh my goodness, that would be amazing. I just mentioned this offhand to, to Johnny when we were talking. I said, I want to get a like a surf rock version of the Dark Shadows theme for the new opening theme for Tyra Collinwood and he said I can do that let me see what I can do no promises but I'll get back to you and a couple weeks later it was done uh and it's incredible he just went all out and made it sound as authentic as possible to that early 60s surf rock sound and it really does sound like the reverb the whole thing and the cool thing is John is a big Dark Shadows fan himself he's a run home from school Dark Shadows fan has some great stories to tell about getting home in time to catch the theme song you know and this as he was telling me this kind of comes full circle and creating a new Dark Shadows theme song for this podcast so um I want to thank John immensely for doing this. Uh, he's brilliant. And you can check out the Johnny D and the Moonlighters Spotify page, which I will put a link to in the show notes. There are some news bits I want to share with you. I have some fun news. I am very excited to announce that Penny Dreadful will be on the cover of issue two of Monster Mag, a New England-centric monster magazine. Uh, it's a horror magazine, and issue two will feature Penny Dreadful on the cover, a oil painting by the legendary Daniel Horn. Classic monster fans especially will know who Daniel Horn is. He's painted Barnabas before, actually. He's done work for Guillermo del Toro. He's an, he's an incredible artist, uh, and I'm honored uh, that Daniel's painting will be on the cover of Monster Mag, issue number two. And there was a lengthy interview conducted by Jeff Rigo, who is uh, the copy editor of the magazine and writer, a brilliant uh, writer, and he's done this pretty substantial interview for the magazine, and uh, Terror at Collinwood and Dark Shadows is certainly discussed uh, in the interview. So uh, that is going to be coming out this fall, and uh, they do offer subscriptions. They have both paper copies, like physical copies that you get in the mail, or a digital subscription. You get the digital one with the physical 
copy too. And you can get that at monstamag.com. That's M-O-N-S-T-A-H-M-A-G.com. So thank you very much to Joe and Wendy and Jeff over at uh, Monster Mag. In Dark Shadows specific news, there is a ton of Dark Shadows news in this episode. So hang tight. We got a lot coming up here. First of all, Dark Shadows legends Catherine Lee Scott and Marie Wallace will be doing a meet and greet at Lindhurst in October. Of course, the Lindhurst estate was used as Collinwood in both House of Dark Shadows and Night of Dark Shadows. So for 2023, Lindhurst welcomes Catherine Lee Scott, author and actress best known for playing Maggie Evans and Josette Dupre in the original gothic television series Dark Shadows and House of Dark Shadows, and Marie Wallace, screen and Broadway actress famous for playing Eve, Megan Todd, and the incomparable Jenny Collins from the television series. They will be available October 21st and 22nd during the daytime at Lindhurst for an exclusive meet and greet. The tickets will be available starting sometime in August. Ticket holders will arrive at Lindhurst and check in at the Carriage House Welcome Center for the event. Catherine Lee Scott and Marie Wallace will be ready to take photos with you, sign books, and answer your questions. Books and other items will be available for purchase on site with the event and in the Welcome Center gift shop. All visitors are encouraged to have a pre-purchased ticket to meet with Catherine and Marie. A limited number of tickets are available each day. The event will take place in the Lindhurst Welcome Center. So this sounds absolutely amazing. I'd like to go if I'm able to. October's my busy month. But I mean, what could be cooler than this? Right before Halloween, Sleepy Hollow, Lindhurst, Catherine Lee Scott, Marie Wallace, Dark Shadows event. This ticks all of the coolest boxes possible, and it, it just sounds like it's going to be the grooviest event of the season. So I'll put a link to the Lindhurst website in the show notes for this I'm going to say it, mandatory attendance event. All right, continuing on. This is very exciting. The book, Our Shadowed Past, which came out almost two years ago, and many Dark Shadows fans contributed to this book. It was published by Bob Issel, put together by Jeff Kenny, by uh, Stephen McGraney, and uh, I think it had almost 150 contributions. I, I submitted something to it as well. Uh, the book is out of print, but Our Shadowed Past is now available as an ebook on Amazon. Yes, Our Shadowed Past is now available in ebook format. Bob Issel sent out a notification that the entire 320-page book is now available in digital format and any errors that were found were corrected. Jeff has spent a great deal of time reconfiguring the files for the ebook format. The ebook is priced at just $9.99. With the Kindle version, you now have access to Our Shadowed Past anywhere you go. You can also purchase copies as gifts for friends and family. And there's a direct link to the ebook on Amazon, which I will put in the show notes. I know Jeff Kenny worked really hard on reformatting this for ebook format. He corrected any errors that were in the print version and he really went to town on this. So well worth it. And then the other big announcement that Bob sent out here is that there will indeed be a volume two for Our Shadowed Past. Uh, And uh, for those who may not know, Our Shadowed Past is a collection of memories from fans of Dark Shadows. Uh, Each one has an essay that they write about how they discovered Dark Shadows, what it means to them, uh, their memories uh, of watching the show, how it influenced them, whether they watched it with a family member, that they collect the merchandise from the show, who are their favorite characters, etc. Well, you too can now contribute if you missed out the first time. Uh, if you would like to contribute your memories to the book and or put in a pre-order to purchase a copy or copies, please email Bob for more details at bobubas59 at gmail.com, B-O-B-U-B-A-S 59 at gmail.com. 
gmail.com. The deadline for book submissions and photos is September 20th, 2023. And when I say photos, part of the submission process is that you submit a photo of yourself now and a photo of yourself at the age you were when you discovered Dark Shadows or when you were watching Dark Shadows. And if you don't have a photo of yourself when you discovered Dark Shadows or when you watched it, you can just send a picture of yourself now. The main focus in determining the print run of the book will be the amount of pre-orders that Bob receives. So if you're interested in purchasing a copy or copies of the book, please reach out to him and reserve your book. No monies will be collected until the book is published and ready to ship. And it's going to be priced somewhere between $25 and $27 plus postage. And if you do submit an article for it, anywhere between 200 and 750 words is a good guideline. So that's really exciting. Uh, not only is the original book available in digital format now, but you can also contribute to a new book if you did not contribute to the first one. Although it does look like there are going to be options for people who did contribute to the first one. I think there's going to be an artwork section. There's going to be a section where you talk about rare collectibles if you own any. I think there might be a round robin short story that several fans will write. So if you did contribute to the first book, I think there are going to be opportunities to also contribute to the second book. But the bulk of it is going to be similar to what happened in the first book where people wrote articles about their memories. And if you don't have the original book, I highly recommend you grab the ebook it's one of the most fun dark shadows books i've read because it's just a celebration of dark shadows some of the actors wrote articles for it like david selby and katherine scott marie wallace sharon smith james storm um joel caldwell had a piece in there i mean it's there's so, studio kids rare photos i mean it's sensational so grab the ebook for volume one and write a piece for volume two and in more exciting book news Patrick McRae's Dark Shadows Daybook Unbound is now available in the long-awaited print format. Previously available as an ebook, it is now finally available in both paperback and hardcover. You can get both versions on Amazon, and the hardback will be available in stores. Congratulations to Patrick on that very exciting news. Um, those who've read the first daybook are in for even more great entries in the Dark Shadows Daybook Unbound, which features over 360 pages of intelligent analysis and witty insights. I will put a link to the Amazon page in the show notes. And if you want to hear a little bit more about what's in the daybook, a little bit of a tease perhaps, check out episode 48 of Terror at Collinwood. Uh, the Rondo Award winning Patrick McRae was on that episode. He talked a little bit about it, and uh, Jewel over at Resident of Collinwood on YouTube has been devoting specific episodes to daybook entries uh, and interviews with Patrick, so this is definitely something you don't want to miss, so uh, make sure you get the daybook unbound. In case you missed it, there was a great interview with Sharon Smith Lentz, the New York chapter of the Horror Writers Association in association with Laughing Black Vampire Productions presents Beef, Wine, and Shenanigans, an intimate interview with Dark Shadows icon Sharon Smith-Lentz. This took place on July 16th, 2023, and there is a YouTube version of it which you can watch. It's archived on YouTube, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes with the wonderful Sharon Smith-Lentz, who I hope to have on the podcast at some point. I met Sharon a few years back at the Coast City Comic Con, and I was there as Penny with my late husband, who was Guru, and uh, out of everybody who was there at the convention, I was most excited to meet her. She was the sweetest, nicest person. Really, really a great person. And I really hope uh, at some point we can uh, we can sit down and chat. 
Another thing, Mary O'Leary, the director of the Jonathan Frid documentary, recently posted that there will be a Dark Shadows meetup in Los Angeles on Thursday, August 17th at 5 p.m. Mary says, I'll be hosting a free informal event at the Academy Museum before a screening of House of Dark Shadows. And in episode uh, 60, if you jump back to episode 60, I did talk a bit about the House of Dark Shadows screening, so you can check that out, and it sounds like a really great time. So you can email jonathanfrid.org at gmail.com for details. So there you go. If you're in the Los Angeles area on August 17th at 5 p.m., definitely join in the Dark Shadows gathering, the informal but sure to be exciting and fun Dark Shadows gathering. Speaking of exciting, I recently recently learned that there's a new Dark Shadows podcast. It's called Objective 1225, and you can hear all about it and all of the Dark Shadows podcasts at the end of this episode. So after my interview with the wonderful Laramie Dean, you can listen to, uh, it's about a four-minute segment on all of the Dark Shadows podcasts. Everybody gets a shout out. If I missed anybody, I'm sorry, but that's at the end of this episode, so be sure to listen for that. A twinge of fear and tears that glisten. There are spoilers here for those who listen. Welcome to Terror at Collinwood. I am your hostess, Penny Dreadful, and I am slowly becoming possessed by... Danielle, welcome to the show. I am joined by... The wonderful Laramie Dean, at last, uh, I have Larry, Laramie Dean here. He is a playwright, a novelist, and an educator. He is the <laughs> author of Black Forest, a novel from Inkshares. There it is. Sweet. As well as several <laughs> plays from theater folk, including Frankenstein Among the Dead, Dracula, The Gorgon Sisters, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, and Finding Joe March. Currently, Laramie enjoys his dream job as the theater director at Hellgate High School. He is also the mastermind behind the online digital Dark Shadows fanzine, Shadows on the Wall. His new book is called Witchbones, and it's inspired by the Angelique Barnabas Josette of it all in 1795, but with <laughs> queer people. So welcome to the show, Laramie. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my goodness, my pleasure. I, I, I wasn't sure if I should mention Witchbones because I didn't know I don't know if that's been officially announced yet. Or no, not. it's it's a work in progress. I have a couple of them I'm working on, but uh, I think any what is it? Any press is good press. So thanks. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> well, since we're going to be talking about the witches, warlocks, and mages of Dark Shadows today, I think I think seems only appropriate. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> Excellent, even. So, <laughs> can you talk to us a little bit about your uh, background and how you got into Dark Shadows and Spoo? I notice all of these many of these titles here are, are things that that I I, I love. Frankenstein Among the Dead, the Borg. <laughs> Gone sisters, uh, sign me up. This, these all sound <laughs> wonderful. So clearly you have an Ooh, interest. Dracula. Ooh, Dracula. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. The wonderful Wizard of Oz. Well, with, uh, yes. <laughs> Slightly less dark shadows, but, uh, yes, uh, but the, the, there's a witch. But there's there is a witch. A, witch. <laughs> a pretty scary one, too. So um, I was a I'm a I'm a child of, of well, I was born in the 70s, but I'm a child of the 80s and um uh, I think old school fans will know that the 80s was when Dark Shadows began its big renaissance with the MPI tapes. And um, my best friend's mother had been an original fan in the 60s. And she had these these amazing scrapbooks compiled of clippings and photographs from all the teen magazines. And, and uh, 
Um, when I was seven or eight, I was super into Hammer monster movies and Universal monster movies. I'm fairly certain that was around the time that um, House of Dark Shadows was on TNT. I think it was TNT. And my mom <laughs> recorded it for me because she's always been very supportive of my um, interest in the monstrous. And I, you know, you, you know House of Dark Shadows. It's it's a hammer. It's a hammer movie at heart. And so there's, I was very familiar with the tropes and with the, with the storyline. And it's, it's clipping along and Barnabas ages and kills Julia and bites Maggie and Elizabeth is screaming and, and Barnabas goes, I'll come for you, Josette. I'll come for you. And the, the videotape that we'd recorded ran out. And no, 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 no idea what was about to transpire. Uh, so my, my friend's mother loaned me her scrapbooks and uh, I was just fascinated by the fangs and um, uh, there's a very cool, there was a very cool photo of Victoria Winters going with all of the the monsters, the 68 beasties of Collinwood looming over her. And I thought Cassandra Collins was the coolest of all of them because she was Angelique in a wig, which <laughs> little, little eight, nine-year-old queer me thought wigs were the coolest thing in the, in the planet. So uh, these scrapbooks kind of led me in and... Um, I, I think it was on PBS a couple of times when I was little. I have a very dim memory of uh, a black and white episode with the music box and Sarah Collins singing somewhere in the background. It spooked me, absolutely spooked me out. Uh, there was an episode where David is trapped in the old house and wolves are howling. And I, I never found out until years later how that how that was concluded. But uh, my friend's mom also bought the Best of Dark Shadows uh, tape from MPI, those little 30-minute compilation tapes that uh, were my link to the series for years and years and years uh and then of course the 91 series came on right on the time that twin peaks was popular and i was 12 and became obsessed and then tbs played finally played both house and night of dark shadows one morning and i was so excited i was watching house of dark shadows and i was like finally i get to know what's gonna happen and they killed barnabas and i had no idea they were gonna kill barnabas and i was just <laughs> horrified i was trying to process my feelings and the night of dark shadows came on and i was expecting werewolves because i, I knew quentin was a werewolf and there there were no werewolves to be found uh, anywhere on the great estate of collinwood uh and i was bored out of my mind which is ironic because now night of dark shadows is one of my favorite pieces of the of the remnants of what's oh. left from the series uh and then sci-fi had it and i started taping every episode and the internet made its debut i was one of the original people on the sci-fi channel website posting board and um went to went to um what are they the, the festivals festivals, festivals yeah. made a bunch of friends and um how, here i am wow awesome how, how many of the festivals did you make it to oh golly let's see las vegas in 98 new york in 99 la in 2000 new york in 2001 Terrytown in 2004 and then um my very patient husband came with me to the 50th anniversary festival in Terrytown in um, 2016, yeah. uh, which is the last one that, that I went to. So yeah, it was, no, it was a good time. last one, last one period, sadly, yeah, uh, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I tried to get to that one and I sent in my Sazy, which was weird that they were still doing the, the self-addressed stamped envelope thing at that time, but <laughs> Like, so many oh, weird pay, things. PayPal is a thing. Yeah. So many weird yeah. things. <laughs> yeah. So I, I sent that in and I got a letter back saying it was sold out. 
So at a, oh, it was it was it was a good time. Um, I yeah. love Lindhurst. I've been to Lindhurst uh, three times, and just mm -hmm. I would live there. It's my kind of house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never been inside. I've been outside the grounds and took Ooh. some pictures and stuff. Oh. But I haven't been inside yet. I got to do that. That's that's on my list of things I need to treat do. yourself. Yeah, treat oh. yourself, Penny Dreadful. Yes, I shall. I shall. Um, <laughs> so this is really cool because you also you subsequently you know you went on to become a writer, a novelist, a playwright. Um, did Dark Shadows inform your interests in writing in any way and your creativity? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, it did. Um, and I was a big fan of, like I said, the Universal Monster movies, Dracula, The Wolfman. Um, I think every 80s kid in the world knows these Oh, yes. Uh, these the books Crest House from, books, yeah. yeah, Crestwood from, the, Crestwood, from Crestwood. all of our libraries in the yeah. 80s. And those uh, informed my, my interest as well. Um, and, uh, I write, I write creepy fiction. I write Gothic, uh, what I call the Montana Gothic, because, uh, I like to set things in, in Montana, which is where I'm from. And our state is huge and incredibly desolate and haunted. <laughs> I grew up in the Eastern part where there were all these home abandoned, uh, homesteads, cabins and houses, just quietly decomposing into nothing, uh, no one's ever going to move out there. It's it's very hard to live uh, in eastern Montana. Um, so that's primarily what I write about. But uh, the vampires, the witches, uh, you mentioned Witchbones is a book that I've been hammering out. Uh, originally, it started, I wrote, started in high school 25 years ago. And it was very, it was a very ripoff of Barnabas Angelique Josette set in uh, the 90s. <laughs> And I originally wanted it to be a, a gay uh, story. And I thought, well, this is the mid 90s. I thought, well, that will never sell. And finally, I was like, well, I'm just going to do it anyway. So I've been working on it for the last 10 years. And um, it's it's probably the more one of the more commercial things that I've ever tried to write. It's very it's inspired a lot by um, Anne Rice and The Witching Hour. And uh, it's it's this very very uh sabrina the chilling adventures of sabrina oh, sure. i yeah. i loved how the witches were depicted in that show and and uh the devil and the yeah um the, cool. just how scary it <laughs> how is scary it's... and dark it was yeah it's very it's very freaky and uh i responded to that so um yeah dark shadows has definitely cast its pardon the expression it's shadow over me in fact the protagonist of black forest which is my first novel that came out in november uh he watches dark shadows in his dorm room oh, which great. is probably the least believable aspect of the entire book that this <laughs> would be watching dark shadows but he does but he does yes yeah. i love i love it when creators drop a, a nod or a reference to dark shadows into their work and i, I wish you know more we heard it um we well, my husband and i listened to a podcast called um um race chaser about about the rupaul's drag race mm -hmm. and willem is one of the hosts he mentioned dark shadows in an Did episode he? the other day yeah oh. uh, they were talking about 60s fashion and 60s looks and there was kind of a, a, a creepy queen i can't remember who it was and he was like yeah this is a very 60s very dark shadows kind of look and i just i love it oh wow that's <laughs> awesome oh that's great i squealed yeah oh yeah i would have too that's that's amazing Amazing. Um, yeah. And you mentioned Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which I also enjoyed uh, that show. I haven't read the comics. A couple of my friends have read the comic. I haven't read it. Uh, oh, you have it? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All the stuff on my desk is just yeah. really handy. Uh, yeah, this really, this, I mean, the witches are depicted in this kind of like... It's dark. It's dark. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like... I mean, and look at the... The devil is... Yeah, they work the in a lot He's of like those horror... Super horrific. Tropes. I mean, I can see... 
Wow. Like Miranda Duvall. I can see Miranda Duvall like worshiping mm-hmm. that guy. Yeah, I well, I wish they would. That, that's what, when I interviewed Lara Parker. I mentioned the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I said I wish they would drop a reference to Angelique in an episode somewhere. Yeah. Just like even if it's just like you know uh, a, a poster of her in the in the background somewhere, or just some the portraits, the painting of Angelique the painting. somewhere. Yeah, um, just dear cousin, dear cousin Angelique, Aunt Angelique. Yes, <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I don't know why they I'll would, do it. I'll I'll I'll, I'll please pay do. Please do. Please do. Please become a writer on that show. I think I, I think it's, I don't think <laughs> it's, it's canceled. We'll bring it back. We'll bring it back. I, I, we'll bring it back just to do that. Um <laughs> but um that um and can, can you talk a little bit too about your shadows on the wall fanzine, which I will certainly put a link to in the in the show notes as well as oh, to thanks. your website, but please tell Thank us you. about that as well. Uh so shadows on the wall. I started in 2011, um, and, and it's, it's where it's been since then. It's a blog spot. It's a blog. And I had, uh, after I moved to Illinois to work on my PhD, I boxed up all of my stuff and, and tubs and left it at my parents' house in eastern Montana. And after my husband and I got married and we bought a house, I was slowly bringing it all back. You can see my writing room behind me. It's a little taste of all the of all the stuff that I have. Uh and I kept finding fanzines, um, all this ephemera, ephemera that I had kept of, of from Dark Shadows, uh, years and years and years and years. And I thought, you know, I would love to. Uh, and I, I found all these episodes or um, issues of the World of Dark Shadows, which I was obsessed with. Oh yeah, um, was one of the links in the in the eighties and nineties. One of the only links. Thank you, Kathy Resch, uh, to the series for people. Um, before the internet and i thought gosh i have all of this stuff i have a scanner <laughs> it's so easy to put stuff up online why don't i just why don't i just do that so i started shadows on the wall and uh one of the and i just you know i post once or twice a day just stuff that i find um pictures and and nonsense and i started <laughs> uh, uh one of the i was revisiting the uh is it the the newspaper the newspaper strip that uh, oh, Bruce yeah. Ball did, and because uh, I, I had that you know that book for Pomegranate was mm-hmm. one of the billions of Dark Shadows books that I had when I was a kid, and I discovered this is like I said in 2013 I think I discovered that you can take photos and turn them into pencil sketches, and the art for the Dynamite Dark Shadows comic books very much reminded me of like pencil sketches that had been colorized. And so I thought, gosh, I can do this. This is before the conversation about AI. Yeah. <laughs> so I have some guilty feelings. But I just was like, well, just for fun, something I can make that I can, like, new content that for sure will be available every day. So I started making my own version of um, of, of a Dark Shadows comic strip starting at the beginning with Barnabas. And since then, I mean, I've, I'm on season season 10 or 11 right now and there's just one a day there's a three panels a day and then on Sundays there's the 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 color <laughs> the color strip and I've been having a good time it's silly and it's kind of fun I just take photos and screen captures and turn them no. into pencil sketches and come up with a you know 20 week long um, story arc and some of them are based on the original series and some of them depart and um you did some of the Ross novels too didn't you did you do some of the Ross oh, novels oh oh I made fake I made fake covers those <laughs> pop up okay yeah there's <laughs> all this stuff that I put on shadows on the wall and it becomes you know I, I figure you put something online it's 
people are going to take it and do stuff with it. I just mm-hmm. kind of accepted that a long time ago. And it'll show up on Pinterest. It'll show up on um, the variety of Dark Shadows Facebook pages that exist. Uh, yeah, to entertain myself. This is all for my own. <laughs> I don't no, if I don't entertain myself, who's going to entertain me? Uh, yeah, I, I decided in a parallel world, uh, paperback library paperback, yeah. made actual adaptations of the series, and so I made those, and it confuses some people. So if you're out there and you have been confused, um, thinking these books actually existed, including the Night of Dark Shadows adaptation that never was, I am so sorry, it's not real. <laughs> I know that my friend Wallace at the Collins Court Historical Society often makes. He does. <laughs> he's yeah. much better at it. He is much better <laughs> than I am. The man is very, very professional. Um, and pe- they, people get confused uh, by a lot of that stuff. I'm like, oh, you guys, it's not real. None of that is real. <laughs> it's just fun. It's fun. It's just fun. Uh, it's fun. Yeah. And I, I've seen that stuff show up on, like you said, on Facebook groups and your and yeah. your amazing comic strips <laughs> that you do and stuff. And oh, um, I, I, it's it's really fun. You do some really great stuff on there. So thanks. it I was definitely... fun when Stuart Manning um did Daytime Gothic this year, and uh, yes. he accepted my my short story ode ode to Angelique's. <laughs> That he said, well, was... why don't you write about, yes. yeah, thank you. He said, why don't you write about all of the different Angeliques that exist? And I said, can I? <laughs> <laughs> and it was beautiful. You, I'm assuming you have a copy of. Uh, oh, yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. yeah. I wrote a piece for that, uh, for that. Oh, yeah, oh, because your name. Yes, 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 yeah, the yes. Gothic, Gorgeous. Uh, 10 Gothic tales that could have worked in Dark Shadows. Oh, oh that was good. Yeah, that was you. very good. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. I've, I loved your story. Yeah, that that was really Thanks. cool, and I was I was excited to see that you were in there with a with a fiction piece about the the Angeliques of Dark Shadows. I loved it. That was really cool, really great. So many Angeliques, indeed, indeed. <laughs> um, and I I love before we get on to, on to talking about Angelique and the other witches and warlocks of Dark Shadows. I love that you're also, um, you know, the, I always talk about Dark Shadows as place in the sort of the tapestry of the classic horror universe you know when we look at the history of of you know gothic literature and and uni- films like the universal horror films and the silent german expressionist films and the hammer films and dark shadows has such an important place for sort of the monster kid or the the mm. classic horror fan culture and i love that you're into that as well and appreciate all of that because i think there is it's it's kind of important i think to look at dark shadows within that context as well and look at how it, it sort of pulls in the threads from all of those things to weave its very own unique universe. Like it's very familiar because it's pulling from those things, but it also yeah. is creating this ongoing storyline. What did, what did Fred call it? A, a dark brigadoon? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I absolutely yeah. love that. He called it that because that's, that is basically what, what we're dealing with here. Um, but one of the, I mean, Dark Shadows is very well known for its vampires, particularly Barnabas, but Dark Shadows also featured many other supernatural beings uh, and the witches of Dark Shadows, most notably Angelique, or, or Angelique herself is certainly a pop culture icon, one of the biggies of, of the show. There she is. Yay, Clay Guy. Clay <laughs> Guy. Yes, yay. I have I have one up there too. I'm still waiting. He's, he, I ran into him. Um, he made a penny dreadful clay. Figure. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. How cool. Oh my God. I was so excited. I was not expecting that at all. And he just walked up to me. I was like, what? So um, yeah, that was exciting. And I bought You're an I, icon. You're an icon. <laughs> there you go. I'll send you a check for saying that later. Um but, <laughs> 
but um he um he also you know he has the dark shadow the four dark shadows figures but one of them is is angelique i'm waiting on, he didn't have julia when i saw him so i got he's he's mm. making a julia for me and he's going to send me the julia in the <gasps> mail so because i want to have the complete set of the four um but yeah angelique pop culture icon your favorite character in dark shadows mm. so um wh why is angelique your favorite character in dark shadows you know i i honestly i've been thinking about this last couple of days and i um it's 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 all related to this this these theories theories I have about monster queers, um, and uh, you know Dark Shadows has a huge gay following, a huge gay yeah. fandom, uh, and definitely that was part of where I was interested. Again, coming back to these these uh, scrapbooks that my my friend's mom had, um, I remember one of the there was a little strip of of characters, each picture about this big. And there was Angelique with fangs and there was Tom Jennings with fangs. And I thought, you know, eight-year-old me thought Tom Jennings was just adorable <laughs> <laughs> and terrifying. Joe Haskell. So I was kind of drawn in by the cute guys too. Uh, but uh, watching the 91 series even, um, because I saw that in its completion before I was able to watch the entire original series. And Angelique is... Uh, an underdog, uh, not so much in the '90s series. She's she is in the original series, but still, she's a servant. Um, I think if you ever worked in customer service before and been mistreated by a customer, I think we all can identify. Um, in 1897, when Angelique says, "I do not possess the temperament for service," which is a line that I use <laughs> all the time. I do not possess the for service. Um, but to watch her have to be in love with this guy who gives her scraps and then, you know, saves his real loving for the woman she has to work for. Um, I think a lot of queer people can understand that uh, unrequited love or being given a little taste um, and then to not be the actual the actual one, the the person that um, is, is actually loved uh, and that that jealousy. Um, I respond a lot to Angelique's jealousy. I think Laura Parker has said that the character is 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 founded on this idea of jealousy. And um, and what was cool about Angelique was she could strike back. Uh, the 90s series gave her way too much power to have her believably be <laughs> a servant. I mean, one of my favorite scenes is when she's on top of that gargoyle. She's like straddling that giant dragon that Greystone Manor must have hanging around somewhere. Uh, and calling upon the wind demons. <laughs> I was like, yes. I want to call on the wind demons to be able to cut Don't we all? Don't we all? <laughs> Don't we all? Where are the wind demons when you really, really need them? Yes. Uh, and I just really thought that was awesome. Like she, it seems so simple. You you put together some herbs and spices, you slice open your palm and you bleed on some stuff and wham, bam. Thank you, Diabolos. There is a zombie to, to toss your rival off of Widow's Hill. And I really, <laughs> I really responded to that a lot. And then as I got more into the actual, actual was able to see the actual series, um, I said that the 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 drag queeny aspects where she plops a black wig on like Elizabeth Montgomery and Barbara Eden did. Yeah. Uh, I really responded to that. The the clothes she got to wear. Um, um, the the evil mini skirts and the butterfly peignoirs and all these all these costumes that uh, um Orbox Orbox the Orbox yeah. <laughs> yes. for her um but you know I I really fell in love with the character 
deeply and forever um, in the Leviathan storyline. My favorite episode is 955, I think, where Sky tries to torture and um, she reclaims her powers. And I just felt so bad for her. And a lot of my friends are Julia people and they do not feel badly for Angelique, which I can understand. Uh, but I just feel like she went through so much. Did she torture people? Yes. Did she maim? Did she kill? Yes. Did she feel bad about it? No, no, <laughs> not, not so much. But I respond to that too as a gay man. A lot of times I respond to that ability to like be able to smite your enemies and not feel badly about it. We're mm -hmm. talking about weird joy a lot but also once pride month ended and the corporations rescinded all of their offers i started hearing this fabulous new term i have fallen in love with which is queer wrath and i am i love it with queer, queer wrath, wrath. it's so oh my god it's so angelique it's so angelique. it is she yeah had a dispense wrath yes yeah. yeah yes she did and so i think as a gay man a lot of times i super respond to that um, and and she's so she's so heartbroken. Um, and the 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 scene where she puts the love whammy on on Maggie and Quentin, uh, she says, "I am what I was and what I shall always be." And there's so much in Dark Shadows about trying to hide the monster. Barnabas does this. Quentin does this. Angelique does this. Try to be human, <clears throat> which I think a lot of times read as boring. We don't want Barnabas to be human. Of course we don't want not. Quentin to be normal. As soon as Quentin not. is normal, he's boring. He's <laughs> Quentin from Night of Dark Shadows. He's boring. Uh, he's David Selby with an appendicitis. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so to watch that scene, it's my favorite. You know, the, the light comes up and it shines and her eyes get all Blair Witch projecty mm -hmm. and and um and she calls on the powers of darkness. Again, no herbs, no spices, no tools. Just yeah. says the words and and boom, the fire responds to her. And she reclaims her monstrousness, her monster identity, which I think, again, as a gay person, I super duper respond to. I'm like, you know what? Um, I'm not going to pretend. I'm not going to stay in the closet. I came out, um, uh, we were living here in, in Missoula, Montana for three years when I was in high school and my mom was in law school. And uh, Missoula's 60, 70,000 people. And I came mm -hmm. from a little town where my graduating class was 10. So we moved here when I was in middle school. Uh, I made friends, I had friends for the first time um, and came out. It was awesome. And then we had to move back to Richie, my little town oh, I came from yeah. uh, for junior and senior. And it was awful. I had to go back in the closet. It was terrible, terrible, oh, terrible. I'm and this sorry. was around the time that I was watching these episodes uh, on sci-fi before mm -hmm. it was Siffy back when it was sci-fi. Um, <laughs> And to to watch Angelique try to pretend to be Samantha Stevens, try to pretend yeah. to be normal, um, looking fabulous though. The Leviathan episodes are when she looks the best. The leopard print coat oh, and yeah. the scarves and the, yeah, the blue power dress she has on. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, but when to watch her reclaim her power at a time when I was back in the closet and wishing that I could be anywhere else uh, was incredibly, incredibly inspiring and incredibly helpful um, to go from a town with 70,000 people back to, as I said before, Eastern Montana, which is dark. I mean, that winter was the winter of 95, 96, and it was like 60 below, routinely 60 below. My mom had broken her leg. I had to stay home with her. And like Dark Shadows kind of got me through that. It was on twice a day. Hmm? 
60, 60 below. below. <laughs> 60, <laughs> just picture it took a while to sink in because that's so shocking. 60 so below. What? <laughs> they don't know. This is why people don't live out yeah, there. Yeah. This is why you you don't, you don't, yeah. you don't. So watching Dark Shadows, I like, was twice a day, um, really got me through that. And that was around the time, too, that I started to get the concordances, the Dark Shadows oh, concordances yes, from, yeah. from Kathy Rashray sure. and filled in a lot of the gaps in the story. Um yeah, just 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 the, the Angelique as this kind of hurt, broken person um, who has the power to smite her enemies. I, I think that's why to answer your question. No, that's no, that's, that's fantastic. No, and uh, I totally see where you're coming from with that. And it's funny because a lot of fans, who, or a lot of queer fans, identify with Barnabas because of the high, the secret. But it's I, I, under, they, I mean, they're all all those characters. There's uh, an otherness there that I think resonates with so many fans. And I did uh, uh, episode six was the uh, LGBTQ pride episode I did. And I had fans just send in audio clips of their experiences uh, with Dark Shadows. And I received so many great messages from fans who completely, you know, felt that way and, and felt like outsiders or that they could connect to the characters in this way which certainly helps to explain you know that dark as you said dark shadows has a huge uh lgbtq yeah. and there's following. a home for you at collinwood there's a home yeah. for you at collinwood and if you look at angelique she's never dead you can yeah. torture <laughs> you can stuff her in a box you can do whatever mm -hmm. you want with her and she'll be back and I, I i love that about her too they're always if the series had continued or whenever people tried to do continuations of the series um the audio dramas i i'm such a huge fan of audio oh, dramas the big finish because, yeah mm -hmm. yeah the big finish because there's always a place for angelique and thank god we still have laura parker uh yeah. to voice her <laughs> yes yeah she's, she's and she's has not lost any of her ability oh, at all she's the, incredible yeah the tony cassandra mysteries well, who knew that we needed who knew that we needed those in our lives who knew yeah. i did yeah, I, <laughs> I love I, I really those are kind of their own thing. And they just they're really yeah. cool. It's like Lara Parker it's... and Jerry Lacey in this like 70s occult detective <laughs> show. It's just awesome. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. And does it does it sometimes not feel like Dark Shadows? Ah, I'm I'm kind of over that. Yeah, it's just its own thing. And it's great to hear yes. them play those characters and they and play so fun. well off each other, you know, and they have history in the show too, those characters. So it's really it's fun. Um but yeah, um and one other thing I I love uh, that you pointed out, you know, Angelique and the Leviathans and certainly already in 1897 too, uh, she follows that pattern that we see with Dark Shadows where they, these characters come in as these villains and you start to feel for them, even though they do mm -hmm. these horrendous things, you do start in, and they just kind of follow this pattern where you're like, oh, I feel for this, for this character. Well, and it's know? serialized narrative. So you can't, mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I, I've never been a fan of General Hospital, but I know that Luke and Laura is an example that people use all the time where this guy originally raped this woman and then somehow they become the love couple of the century. Uh, if you're going to continue these characters, you have to find a way to make them likable without neutering them, I think, mm -hmm. is kind of the trick. Um, I'm a big fan of Danny Horn's Dark Shadows Every Day, where oh, he yeah. talks a lot about, sure. like, gay Uncle Barnabas. Barnabas becomes human, and suddenly he's, <laughs> he's Uncle Barnabas in the background, doesn't really get to yeah. do much, and they had to bring the fangs back. And yeah. I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you, when I was a kid and had those scrapbooks, whenever the fangs were out, baby... I was there. I was there for the right. fangs. <laughs> well, I, I mean, everybody wanted to see Barnabas as a vampire. And I know, 
eventually Jonathan Fred did get, he didn't want to get typecast and he did get tired of the fang stuff, but and you got to give the audience what they want. You know, they yes! want Barnabas and, struggling with his, the evil no! nature of being a vampire. I always thought it was so funny. Was Dan Curtis would go outside and like ask the kids, <laughs> the kids what they wanted. Yeah. It was like having immediate, uh, immediate um, response from the audience and they could, tilt the story how they wanted to tell the story so yeah uh but yeah yeah to to um one of the things i love about angelique too is that she becomes so complicated uh 1897 you mentioned she kind of breaks out of that pattern of return revenge return revenge return revenge with barnabas and 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 such a on quentin and all of a sudden they're one of the greatest scenes i think is where she tells barnabas um that she's she, she's gonna marry quentin and 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 she's bored. She's bored with him. She's bored with the present and the past and the future. And it was a life is meant to be lived. I'm going to start living it. And there's nothing you can do to stop me. And then off she storms. And it's yeah. wonderful. It's, oh, it's amazing. It's so queer. It's so gay. <laughs> <laughs> so big and dramatic. Yeah, well, I'm oh, a theater is. person too. I'm a, I'm a, I yes. teach uh, theater classes. And yeah. I love Dark Shadows because it is its theater. I mean, you've got Grayson Hall. You've got... Thayer David, you've got um, Jonathan, um, Laura Parker, and David yeah. Selby, all these theater people. Yeah. Well, David Selby actually went to the same school that I went to. Uh, oh, I did wow. my PhD at, yeah, I did my PhD at Southern Illinois University, Carbondale. And the first year that I was there, it was the some big anniversary uh, event. And I was in the grad office and I was supposed to be answering the phones, and he called. And keep in mind, I had met him before. Like I had met David Selby several times at festivals, but of course he didn't know who I was. But because he went to SIU uh, and I found his dissertation later in the dissertation room and was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh that's uh, so cool. He, wow. Did yeah, he it? called to say that um, no, I don't know, <laughs> 20 years ago, I don't remember. Uh, he called to say he couldn't make it. And I was on the phone oh. going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is David. He was like, here's my phone number if you need to call me back. And I was like, oh, my God. David Selby's <laughs> phone number. Oh, my God. And when we went to the 2016 Fest, my mom came with us. Um, she's kind of a, she's a fan, but she's kind of an ancillary fan a little bit. Uh -huh. uh, and he was so kind to her. And yeah. I told him the story about how we talked on the phone. He loved it. He loved that. Yeah. We were both Salukis. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so they're all theater people they're all these yes. great theater people and big personalities and obviously my personality is small and retiring so I have nothing in common with these people <laughs> um but I think that's, really part opposite. Of the <laughs> <laughs> that's part of the appeal too is, is uh it's just these great big Theater, theater they're, all, they're all theatrical and mm -hmm. i love that about them too and if you and if you look at also the the, the great uh, classic horror stars too they were all also theater very big all these actors that came from the theater i mean people people like vincent price for example mm. or, or bela lugosi or boris Karloff, they had a larger than life quality and i feel like all these actors in dark shadows the key actors in dark shadows louis edmonds i mean oh my <laughs> goodness <laughs> and yeah, he was he was wonderful. I just just so and Nancy Barrett, what a great actress! Oh, and, she yeah. is like Dark Shadow's secret weapon. I have come to yes. appreciate her so as an adult watching. Like I usually watch, I have it on in the morning when I'm like, updating my Instagram or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and she is so she's such a strong actor. She's such yeah. a strong performer. Um, uh, and if you as you watch, she evolves into mm -hmm. being able to play. <laughs> so, I mean, she's a, I yeah. think Nancy Bear herself says it. she's a character actor. She, yeah. she they want her to be an ingenue, and she's a character actor. She is, yeah. And somebody who doesn't get enough credit, Clarice Blackburn, too. 
Uh, Clarice Blackburn is fantastic, which was fantastic as well. Uh, just great, great. Again, these theater actors who are you, you watch them and you, you can't look away. They're just so compelling. Uh, so yeah, certainly all, all of those things. I totally concur with, with everything you said there. Um, but get, getting back a little bit to, to Angelique and just, um, one one thing and witches and I want to get a little bit more in breaking down the the witches and warlocks in the show but Angelique <laughs> um she also one thing I I, I always kind of suspected and I don't know if it was intentional uh, and I asked Lara and she said she it, she didn't do it intentionally but she she loved the the classic Greek classics but um I was in a production of Medea and I played played the the lead role in that and Medea is also this vengeful sorceress oh, totally. from Greek tragedy who's totally. wronged by her her husband. He's Jason of Jason and the Golden Fleece, as you know. Oh, him. it's it's yeah. it's Barnabas and Angelique again with yeah. with, with children. Mm. With children, yes, I just, yeah. <laughs> I just taught Medea. Um and actually what's what's been yeah. during the pandemic, uh we had school, but we couldn't do plays like we couldn't do live performances and so I took the 1795 storyline I asked my students hey guys would you be interested in making like a radio play version of this wacky soap wow, opera from the 60s so cool. vampires <laughs> and time travel going, ah! so I took the 1795 storyline and I trained like I boiled it down into a two-part three-hour uh uh radio performance it's on YouTube somewhere um and so they they knew Dark Shadows and they loved it. They loved it. We we had a girl who said, "Hey, I can do horror makeup. Is there any any need for horror makeup?" So we ended up doing these photo shoots, where I mean, here's the one of my students made. Oh, that's <laughs> a so Barnabas cool! Wow. Is that rad? That's so, great. That looks really good. That's not cool. Yeah. Uh, so the kids loved it. The kids absolutely loved it. We did these photo shoots. Um, Reverend Trask and Angelique <laughs> and. Poor girl put Angelique had this hideous blonde wig. It's amazing. Um, so the kids knew that. And when we taught, when I taught Medea this past year, we talked about it. The the kids who were in it or were seniors this past year, and they were like, "Oh my god, it's 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 Barnabas and Angelique." Yeah. And I said, "Yeah." And we watched the one with Mitch Ryan too. So it was with oh. Zoe Caldwell and yeah. um, Mitch Ryan, and they loved it. They loved that big. Yeah. You know, but it is. Yeah. It's the same. I, I it's I just feel like that's that's kind of what they were pulling. That is just you know this this vengeful witch for i mean who's mm-hmm. who's you know but her husband wronged her and she's she gets the ultimate revenge and there's a there's a sweet young princess who doesn't appear in the play in person, no she's poor poor Crayusa. She yeah is, yeah she's josette but she's josette she is instead of yeah. falling off widow's hill she gets um burned to death which <laughs> so I, with I, a I think poison is cloak. yeah <laughs> josette josette got the better deal yeah i, think, well, I don't know the ping pong um eyeball maybe yeah you know it was fun backstage that was actually one of the things that inspired penny dreadful and i started doing penny dreadful because well there's never been a witch horror hostess in massachusetts and while i was doing medea backstage with the two little boys who played my sons who i adore they were so cute and they were just dousing themselves with fake blood i said are you gonna kill us again tonight mom like yes i am you know you bet i am yes like, it was just so morbid. We were having a great time, but oh, it's that's such, um, this Greek tragedy, and also, of course, the cru- <laughs> they were doing the Crucible too with the with 1795. Oof. Oof. So, oh, so yeah. with, well, with in uh, 1795, pulling from oh, the yeah. Crucible and Medea, I think as well. God, um, I thought you meant you guys were doing Medea and the Crucible at oh, the same time. Oh and I was no! Like, oh god! Why? 
<laughs> let's let's what put down the house theater. and make everyone sad. Let's... <laughs> if you're not depressed, you will be after this you know, double bill. <laughs> and don't don't confuse them. <laughs> or yes, yeah. no, no, I'm wrong. Confuse them. Confuse them. Merge them. Mix merge them up. Them, merge them into one. Um, so... <laughs> That's great. Break out the Prozac, kid. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we have in Dark Shadows. One thing I was I was reading through the the wiki page, and I concur with with a lot of what was said there in the Dark Shadows wiki. I'm going to read a little bit of this because I'm not going to read the entire thing. It talks about like the characteristics of uh, witches in Dark Shadows, mm -hmm. their powers, uh, the various powers of becoming a witch. Types as types of witches and warlocks, and um, and I'm just going to read a little bit of this. Although it can sometimes be difficult to, to, to discern, there seem to be some distinctions in terms of how truly human or supernatural certain witches or warlocks may be. Witches who derive their powers from the devil, for instance, seem to become more supernatural in nature, often returning from death depending on the whims of their master. These types of witches and warlocks start out as normal humans who make a pact with a demonic entity such as Diabolos. Subsequently, as they gain in power over time, their humanity appears to lessen. Indeed, after death, they are set to reside in the underworld until they are allowed to return to the land of the living. According to Angelique in episode 18, 882, before I came here to this time, I was in the everlasting, the everlasting pits, of hell. pits of hell. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she makes it sound like a vacation spot. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? I know. Yeah. <laughs> fire, the, the fire island, uh, Montevideo, yeah, the fire, yeah. Totally. So, yes. Everlasting pits. Yes, yeah. Or other creatures yeah. of my kind live. Only my stay here on earth may be. I'm sorry, what? I have beachfront property. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, same. Right near the rivers of of blood <laughs> and the blackened stars that rained at our beginning. <laughs> <laughs> blackened stars. <laughs> so I, I mean, it does. There seems to be. Um, she returned. They return to Earth. They become, in other words, a, a witch in in horror. If we look at things like Black Sunday and things like this, or Suspiria mm. or whatever, there mm. seems to be like. The, the witch in horror, and I'm not talking about, uh, you know, Wiccan uh, people who practice yeah, yeah. Wicca. So, uh, fiction, fiction, fiction. Yes, yeah. I'm talking about like horror movie stuff. Um, so I'm just jumping in here to elaborate a little bit. With Dark Shadows, we're looking through the lens of terror, horror, gothic horror in particular is what I'm talking about. And that 100% applies to the witches and warlocks in the show. So witches are an interesting monster archetype in that they can occupy both the human and supernatural realm. Realms. Like vampires and werewolves, you can find witches in horror and fantasy stories and films, but unlike vampires and werewolves, witches are also prevalent in fairy tales and children's stories like The Wizard of Oz. But when we're looking at witches and warlocks in classic horror, uh, much of that is pulled from European and Puritan beliefs and in, from folklore, uh, and that ties witches very distinctly to the devil as his diabolically powered emissaries. So a, a good example of this is uh, Robert Eggers' excellent horror film, The Witch, from 2015, which asks and answers the question, what if those Puritan accounts of witchcraft were all true? On Dark Shadows, the uh, bad 
which is in Warlock's answer to Diablos, which of course is just another name for the devil. Now I should qualify this by saying that there are also good witches in these films that are referred to as white witches. And by white witches, I don't mean Caucasian. I mean that that's just the term that's used um, for uh, the, these types of witches. And a white witch uses magic for benevolent purposes or without malicious intent, which also do show up in um, some of these tales. Um, now, if we, of course, if we think about the reality of all the innocent people who are accused of being witches and persecuted, tortured, killed because of ignorance, fear, hatred, misogyny, etc., uh, anyone with a shred of conscience, uh, I would hope, would be acutely aware of the fact that these things were obscene and horrible and many people died because of these beliefs. Uh, it's a shameful part of human history. Um, in fact, I was just up uh, at the remnants of the Samuel Paris Parsonage in Danvers, Massachusetts recently. Um, it's a, a landmark there and there's a historical sign that explains this is where the witch hysteria started, was in uh, actually in Danvers. Massachusetts. It used to be called Salem Village. Um, the executions themselves happened in Salem, what is now Salem at Gallows Hill, but the uh, actual hysteria took place over in Danvers. But anyway, it's just a very sad feeling to, to look upon that and know what took place there. And there's another distinction we need to make here as well, which is the pagan community. I have quite a few friends who are Wiccan and you know, they understand this is a horror movie witch, this is a fairy tale witch. Um, there is one friend, I don't know if she's listening to this, but she does find the Wicked Witch of the West to be an offensive depiction of a witch. Now, I think she's not making the distinction that should be made here, which is this is not meant to be a slight against her religious beliefs. It's an iconic witch from fiction. I mean, Margaret Hamilton was legendary. When I started doing Penny Dreadful, I was concerned that some of my Wiccan friends would be offended that I would do a witch character in the way that I did it, which was more of a horror movie, or a hammy, silly horror movie witch. But um, nobody was, thankfully. But I think, again, we have to make the distinction, and it's great that the pagan community has claimed Salem. You know, you, there are so many uh, Wiccan stores in Salem, etc. Okay, so we have the Wiccan community, we have the, the innocent people that I have great empathy for who died during the witch trials over in Europe and in America and other places as well. So there are these components. Um, but I'm also a horror fan and uh, we have to make distinctions when it comes to the genre. When we're looking at horror literature, horror films, horror television, uh, we're not talking about real life. We, we have to look specifically at the horror genre and the ideas and concepts in those motion pictures were pulled from folklore and old world fears. So, for example, the fact that witches are vulnerable to fire in Dark Shadows and in other media is a callback to witches being burned at the stake. Now, of course, we could ask the question, is that in poor taste? Uh, probably. We can separate and compartmentalize these things as fictional depictions. So Angelique calling upon the Lord of Flies to enact her horrible revenge and cast a spell on someone, we know this is fictional and it is not meant to disrespect those who were burned at the stake in Europe or who died on the gallows in Salem, okay? Um, so in any case, we're looking at fictional bad witches as a monster or horror archetype who in horror 
pretend to be in league with the devil or similar dark forces and make pacts with those forces in exchange for preternatural powers, such as necromancy and mediumship, hypnosis and mind control, telekinesis and elemental control, divination, spell casting and conjuration, curses, the use of poppets with needles or choking someone with a handkerchief, um, and like dark shadows, become something beyond human, something immortal, uh, something like uh, Princess Asa and Black Sunday or Helena Marcos and Suspiria pickled in black magic, you know, uh, something that's no longer fully human, something supernatural. Some examples of, of horror witches and warlocks that I might recommend, and I will because I always do, because Dark Shadows is like an ocean and all of these rivers of terror, horror, and other things are feeding this ocean from all directions, from Dracula, from Frankenstein, from the Wolfman, from Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, from Turn of the Screw, etc., 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 and all of these rivers, they converge in this ocean of ideas to form this huge storyline. The rivers that are feeding this ocean should not be ignored, but should also be considered in a full understanding of the ocean that you're swimming in, that you love, right? Okay, and when it comes to the witches in Dark Shadows, we can predate, like I said, with Medea and, and Medea drawing her powers from Hecate. Again, she's the goddess of, of witchcraft in the night in Greek mythology, a force, of, a dark force of nature, a dark goddess in this instance. Uh, and then when we look at it through the lens of Christianity, then it's the devil. The witches are getting their powers from the devil. So, And then that feeds into horror, where most of the horror films, uh, especially classic horror films and classic horror literature, pulling from that uh, and some that I might recommend uh, in film Black Sunday with Barbara Steele a classic Mario Bava gothic horror film uh, Horror Hotel aka City of the Dead great movie and it has Christopher Lee in it by the way and the wonderful Patricia Jessel as Mrs. Newless Suspiria which has Joan Bennett in it Warlock with Julian Sands, Curse of the Crimson Altar, again with Barbara Steele, and also with Christopher Lee and Boris Karloff. It's an adaptation of H.P. Lovecraft's Dreams in the Witch House. There's the silent essay film, Haxan, which is presented in documentary style and details the roots and superstitions surrounding witchcraft. And I could go on. There are many more. I mentioned The Witch earlier, the Robert Eggers film. And there are also stories like V, V-I-Y, by Nikolai Gogol from 1835. And actually, Black Sunday is a loose adaptation of V. Uh, there's also a movie adaptation of V, uh, Nikolai Gogol. Uh, that, that is a great story. Um, there's a novel, The Witch of Ravensworth, uh, from 1808. That's by George Bruder, wherein we can see this sort of classic horror witch in action. Although, spoilers for The Witch of Ravensworth, and fast forward this part if you plan to read The Witch of Ravensworth. All right, okay. Uh, it definitely has more of an Anne Radcliffe type ending, the, uh, the gothic romance style ending where uh, the supernatural occurrences in the novel aren't actually supernatural after all. So boo to that. I always feel like that's a cop-out when that happens. I don't know. So anyway, back to the discussion with Laramie. Burn, um, witch, burn. Yes, yeah, yeah. Night of, Night of the Eagle. Night yeah, of the Eagle. Like, okay, yeah, <laughs> yes. They're human, but also supernatural at the same time. And it's true, like in Dark Shadows, there seems to be... The, there seem to be these sort of gradations or something where if you, especially after you die, like Angelique in 1795, when she comes back, she's even more powerful. It seems like she becomes more. She has to die first. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it is, it's, 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 it's a very confusing and it's, it's, you know, related back to this idea of the chilling adventures of Sabrina, which mm -hmm. is definitely, um, 
set in a world where the devil that the Puritans were afraid of is real. Yeah. And yeah. in Dark Shadows, that is also real. I mean, we, we look at the idiotic edition of Miranda Duval to Angela. Right, 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 right. Uh, but that is, that's, that's, it isn't like, oh, these poor persecuted people. It's, oh, there were poor, persecu- poor persecuted people, but we also do have a real devil who is capable of imbuing people with powers. And Angelique starts out as very um, dewy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Look at those first episodes of 1795. And she's immediately get her, her, her spells go awry immediately yeah, she's yeah. strangling barnabas and, it, and it's, it's this is why I, I don't quite understand the angelique of, na- of the 1991 series because her power seems pretty unlimited she dies and then she spends the rest of the series hanging out as like a, a spooky halloween mm-hmm. effect uh <laughs> but she's she's pretty powerful um yeah and the angelique the original series yeah she had to die (laughs) yeah and she still i mean that was fun one of the fun things about angelique though was trying to she would kind of she would screw up or she would she was driven by passion much like barnabas too like but and then she'd she'd screw up and have to try to undo what she what she did a lot of the time yeah let's look at let's look at nicholas blair for a second too because i also love i mean oh yes i want to talk about him too line reading when he says i will sentence you to walk the earth in an agony of loneliness for the rest (laughs) of time is one of my also i like to say that to people too um uh, (laughs) and he's just he, he starts out and he's he's so cool, right? He's got his gloves and, and it's mm-hmm. the first time we've seen Angelique actually be afraid of, of somebody else. Um, but he quickly becomes, in the Dark Shadows universe, this, like what does the devil want? I think is a, is yeah. a really big question and it's a confusing question. Um, never mind the Leviathans whose their whole plot is idiotic and it's run by deeply stupid a death cult <laughs> run by stupid people. Uh, but like, what does the devil want exactly? He's he's allowing Angelique to come back to Earth to marry a human, which when that doesn't work, I guess she gets several more chances for a hundred years. Well, it seems like um, he's messing with all of the Diablo. Well, he seems yeah. to get some pleasure from like, here's, I, I'll give you a I, chance I, to do this. Right, like Daniel's <laughs> carrot. And I think yeah. Laura Parker does a great job in Angelique's descent of sort of figuring out like what yeah. the devil is. And in, in her conception, he's, just a spirit he's not um you know this all consuming the 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 great enemy the puritans had to fight he's a spirit and he has chosen to torment her personally and i really responded to that when i read that book i I really i really loved her take on Mm -hmm. the devil (laughs) but i think the big question in our shows is what does he want and when they get super literal nicholas goes to hell and here the devil is sitting (laughs) behind the desk (laughs) It was great. I love that. My favorite thing about that is that it ticked off so many like super. So I'm cutting in here again. I made a statement in the episode about religiously fundamentalist areas of the United States getting very upset about the Black Mass and Diabolos stuff on Dark Shadows. And I know there was backlash to this. I remember reading about this. The show got into hot water at that point during the Black Mass and Diabolos period of the show to the point where some of the stations even took it off the air. but I can't, I'm trying to, I was trying to find the text to support this because I've heard this so many times over the years 
and I can't seem to find it. And I found the Collinsport Historical Society article about the Jack Chick anti-Dark Shadows comic released in 1972, where the devil is watching Dark Shadows and really enjoying himself uh, and saying that it's doing an excellent job of spreading his message. But this was, I'm talking 68, when these episodes aired, the Nicholas Black Mass sequence and the Diablo stuff in hell. There was backlash to that. I remember reading about that, but I can't find it. It might have been in one of the Pomegranate Press books or in the fanzines or interviews with, with some of the people involved. But if anybody has that information, that text, send it my way to terrorcollinwood at gmail.com. Religious groups that were like really upset oh. about the devil being on TV and, and in hell on, t- on daytime TV and all these kids watching it. And it's in the Viewmaster reels, which is even better. Oh, <laughs> the, 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 the sacrificing of Maggie Evans on the black altar? <laughs> the like black, The black mask. <laughs> it's it's the most it's amazing it's a it's just when i tell friends that haven't watched their shadows that that like this was happening on like daytime tv in the 60s and all these kids were running home to watch this like sacrificial black mass (laughs) and and meeting satan on tv maybe gets a fun new do out of it she gets black hair for two episodes i mean yeah yeah. what's what's the the problem what's the problem Um, yeah i just i I think the big question in the dark shadows universe if you want to be in universe about it and i mm -hmm. i do enjoy a good in-universe oh me too i love i love that yeah yeah i try to like fan wank and figure out what's going on like what does the devil want what what is what is the point of the devil um uh what does nicholas want how is this i mean nicholas's whole thing is always the subversion of humanity yeah with some grandiose semi-comprehensible Man. Yeah, yeah. And Nicholas always seems like he's Nicholas is kind of a, a company man, I guess, you know, but whereas yes. Angelique is always Angelique does her own thing. Like she'll do just enough to get so that the devil won't get her or Nicholas won't get her kids. She always has her own <laughs> right, her motives, own agenda. Her you own know, agenda, cool which thing, I love. Yeah. That's a cool thing that um um uh Big Finish did where mm-hmm. she ends up working like for evil powers collecting evil artifacts i would love to watch that show i would yeah, i would love okay. to watch that show about this 300 year old sorceress who like zips jets around the world getting the mask of this and the oh, container that of that and the show. flask of that and and you know i love that and then she and tony meet on this island and and uh it's 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 really an interesting idea that she i mean it gives her more of a goal too and, right. and keeps her connected to the supernatural and um this idea that there's masters that she's beholden to right which but, i think is kind of a cool idea but using them for her own oh of, oh totally. kind of purposes i love that totally. and they, they're all it's interesting i i i don't know why the dark shadows writers or dan curtis chose to when they went to 1840 to as danny horn who we referenced referred to angelique restored to factory settings in 1840 <laughs> which i love i love that uh description but it was also kind of disappointing because i would have liked to have seen at that point in the series angelique was still up to her own th- you know schemes with you know like you said with maggie and quentin with the pit yeah. the old but she was had become an ally at that point and it would have been cool to have her and julia and barnabas and quentin all four of them mm-hmm. kind of try to take on Judah Zachary in the past rather than have yet have another Quentin in 1840. Right. Bring well, like- and, you know, I was actually, I'm watching Parallel Time right now and I, it's so hard for me to watch the last year of the series. I love Leviathan mm-hmm. and then 
it gets really hard after that for me to, to stay interested because it's obvious that the strings are falling apart or the strings are everything is falling apart they're making house of dark shadows they can't do a tv series and a movie at the same time it just doesn't work and then 1840 is like the last year recobbled together. I mean, it's yeah. Angelique kidnapping Julie and hiding her again. They had just done that in parallel time. Yeah. And I, I I do, you know, I love, I love vengeful Angelique. I do. But what's cool about her character arc, which seems so accidental based on when Laura Parker is available and, yeah. and what the fans want is she has advanced and grown. She grew throughout 1897. She grew throughout Leviathan. And the last time we see her is that episode where she puts the shadow, she has Jeb put the shadow on Nicholas. And that's the last time we really see current Angelique. And it's it's very disappointing, I think. Yeah, the factory resettings. I, I struggle with that. It's yeah. it's fun to watch her, you know, torment Daniel and, and spar oh, with Julia, but I yeah. liked them as friends in 1897. It seemed like such an interesting, you know, when you're watching serialized narrative, it's it's fun a lot of times to put two unlike characters together and see what happens to them. And that's what happened in 1897 with Julia and Angelique. They shouldn't be friends. They shouldn't be. The history yeah. says they should not be. But they're working together for a common cause. Yeah. They spar a little bit. They poke at each other. But they're friends. I mean, Angelique, Julia says, I'm meeting you and even liking you, which I think is really yeah. interesting. Yep. And when she was Cassandra, they were starting to forge a friendship. Well, I don't know. Cassandra was nuts. Um, I'm talking about these like they're real yeah, no, they, she, no, <laughs> you're, But show. you're right. Yeah. But she, <laughs> I told, no, no yeah. I'm, I'm with you 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so 1840 yeah. is very disappointing, I think. And then you add the, you add the wrinkle that she's also Miranda Duval, I that, guess. Yeah. That was, I mean, I love all the storylines. I can always find stuff to love about yeah. Dark Shadows, every storyline, yeah. but that, that was, it was like, what? Miranda Duval. And then we, I'm going to get to all of these other characters here, but yeah, Miranda Duval, that's another, and they don't really explain how, <laughs> how, okay. So she went to Martinique and does that mean Angelique was like over a hundred years old by the time? No, it makes no but, sense. But, uh, yeah. And Natalie, uh, Countess du uh, Natalie. Yeah, she was a child. She was a child. Yes, so when she, she was been a, a child. Another, you know, yeah. fans for years have speculated, well, it must be a reincarnation. And Lara Parker kind of did something to that effect in um, in the second. <laughs> Salem second, Branch. Salem Branch, Ooh. yeah. Salem Branch. Oh, I enjoy the Salem Branch. I enjoy I enjoy Lara Parker's books, all four of them. Um, I just look at them as a different. They're their world. own parallel. Yeah, universe. like the paperback yeah. or the the popular, is it? No, the paperback, paperback library. library, yeah. Paperback library books, all of that. And yeah. I don't know. Totally. Uh, the older I've gotten, the less I, the less concern I have with fan winking and just enjoying the series for what it is. Totally, like, totally. Yeah. If we're going to have Miranda Duval, I do love the episode because they get to have Pilgrim drag and, and uh, it was uh, fun. Louis Edmonds. Yeah, it's a fun it episode. Fun. Does it make sense? No. <laughs> <laughs> and it was cool i mean they pulled uh, a lot from, uh, with that storyline from the the thing that couldn't die they even have the scene with judah with the with the hood on and everything like, oh like, you know he scares me there's judah zachary maybe, is scary warlock. It's, it's that I, I don't really enjoy judah zachary um I, 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 enjoy I don't Gerard know. possessed by Judah Zachary. I don't know. It's it's. I, I I've been thinking about this too because I like Dark Shadows a little bit more when I think the not when the stakes are a little bit lower. Like I feel <laughs> like the last year, it's everyone's gonna die unless we go back in time and fix this. Everyone's gonna die unless we go back in time and fix this. And sometimes I just like the first two years where bad stuff was happening, but it wasn't like the end of the world every single day. And I think Judah Zachary represents for me the kind of the end of the series and the sort of apocalyptic 
he's an apocalypse character. Yeah. <laughs> Both in universe and, and out of universe, yeah. he signals the end of the series. And he's just intense and scary and um bald and, and shaggy. <laughs> and he's and, terrifying and, in the voice. Oh, in the box. And when the and severed heads freak yeah. me out. Yeah. Just too. But um how he's connected to again the, the devil. Like, what does he want? He's the devil's son. Did you take that literally yeah. though? Do you think he's the devil literally is the devil's son, or is that just a moniker that was applied to him? Because he's so I evil. I think it was probably a moniker, but I don't know. Rosemary's yeah. baby was very popular That's around true. that time. So true, true. Yeah. He's such <laughs> he a very malign- literally could have been. <laughs> he's such a malignant presence, you know. Uh, yes. And, and whenever the head is, is on screen and its eyes open, um it's yeah. deeply disconcerting. Right. And then we have Gerard <laughs> possessed by it was still Judah, but he's possessing Gerard. And he had that little that little thing, occult object oh is his weird little ring to cast spells yeah yes yeah yeah with the, with the little just, x just, on it i just can't oh. with 1840 i just can't <laughs> with 1840 i can't <laughs> i skip to the barnabas angelique stuff and then i watch mm-hmm. the last couple episodes and then mm-hmm. then i'm good <laughs> i love um i love the first half of 1840 uh it's i think it's really cool when you like things like seeing ben again or yeah or barnabas being released from the coffin by julia and ben and barnabas not having any idea who julia is and wanting to kill her i'm like wow that's pretty yeah oh i love barnabas classic like classic classic barnabas whenever he gets the 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 green cape and the the hair pushed forward the sort of ironic hairstyle (laughs) i always love a good throwback to 1785 sure anyway so Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about, now, I don't consider, like, we have, like, genuine witches and warlocks and dark shadows, like Angelique, but we have, um, Judah Zachary, Nicholas Blair, and one, there was a debate about Nicholas Blair, too, that I would always throw out there in the podcast, is Nicholas Blair a, de- a warlock or a demon? What's that? Is he Evan Hanley? Is, is he Evan Hanley? Oh, that, be I've heard Evan that Hanley? before, too, is it Evan Hanley, like, an evolved Evan Hanley, because I imagine, like, pe- people like Evan Hanley and Quentin, I've heard described as warlocks too, but I, I just like they're mm-hmm. dabblers. They use the occult. Yeah. I, I think anybody can learn how to use these well, spells, but Evan Hanley is not... described as a Satanist a lot of times, which I think is really yeah. interesting. Like our our Satanists, and you know, there's an interesting show from the 80s called um Friday the 13th series, I which reminds that. me of Dark yeah. yeah, which reminds me of Dark Shadows a lot in its conception of the devil. And in that show, it's about cursed antiques. So again, as a queer person, I just love a good cursed antique. <laughs> But the devil's the devil's whole thing is to make people their worst selves and mm-hmm. destroy humanity, I think. And I, I feel like that's a close conception to the devil of dark shadows. I think. Yeah. I yeah. think. I think you're right. Um, I think you're but right. But I, I yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. Um is Nicholas a demon or is Nicholas a warlock? Um well he once they die <clears throat> and then they come back, it seems to me that they're somehow demonic they're preternatural angelique says i was in the pits of hell with other creatures of my kind i mean what is interpret that however you want to interpret that (laughs) and nicholas becomes more human when he falls in love um and i think that's the key he's capable he's capable of falling in love which tells me he was once human and And loses his powers the devil takes his powers away too so uh does that mean once he didn't have them yeah 
that mm-hmm. the what definitively settled it for me it was like because i think i think maybe on the show initially they maybe had the idea that he was going to be a demon and then change their minds at some point mm-hmm. made him a warlock and when i asked lara parker she definitively said warlock so i'm i'm gonna go with lara on this one <laughs> she was um, there we were she, there. she was there yeah exactly <laughs> everybody <laughs> else is dead exactly <laughs> we don't have sam or gordon or you know ron sprode or whoever was writing the show oh, at that God. time they're they're not here so although joe <laughs> well, you know still there's a lot of little clues that he they wanted people to think he was the devil i mean his name is nicholas for god's yeah. sakes but um you know <laughs> my portuguese and, grandmother used to call him, Udiab, Udiab. <laughs> the devil in portuguese yeah Which you know and that's that's an interesting part of 1968 too is all of a sudden um a cross can make a a, a non-vampire Right. Wins well because they're di- they're diabolic, so they're yeah they must be there. Yeah. They were going for that. I guess they're pulling from classic horror archetypes, and I think that's they were going for that. But yeah, that was okay. This is a thing now in the show. Yeah, uh, this is the thing now. This, yeah. Is that like Angelique's going to marry Quentin and they have a church wedding? Is she going to be able to go to that? <laughs> <laughs> Will she be? Will she be okay? Will someone please check on Angelique? We're worried about her. Her friends are concerned. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, well, yeah. I was thinking when I was when I was thinking about what to talk about on on this episode. I was also thinking that Bewitched was super popular yes. at the same time, and and on ABC also on ABC. And here's another. Um, you know, Elizabeth Montgomery did not like the fact that I Dream of Jeannie existed. She was very public about the fact that she felt like. Sydney Sheldon ripped off oh. Bewitched for Andrew and Jeannie, which is totally true, by the way. Like, okay, is it? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. They were like, "Hey, this popular shows at ABC. We need, we need a blonde witch. How are we going to get one?" Um, but then here on Dark Shadows, here's another blonde, green, blue, gray-eyed witch. At the same time, and I, I always thought it was interesting. Um, like, what, what, what if, what if I used to write so much fan fiction <laughs> and I, I wrote a story about a uh, crossover many many of bewitched and dark shadows crossover my friend steve encouraged me to write serena oh i love it i love it serena into <laughs> the dark shadows universe <laughs> serena i could see Ser- i was gonna say samantha and angelique probably would not get along maybe andora too <laughs> 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 um but yeah um yeah no no that, that's awesome I lo- you should post that that the fanfic um and so you know if you look it's funny they always had these like opposites because morticia on the adams family on ophelia oh, oh yeah 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 had her sister ophelia with the blonde hair yeah yeah, 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 um, yeah. and that's again when i was a kid i just i just loved that i love serena i love evil genie i love mm-hmm. my, my husband was like so does genie's evil sister have a name and i said yeah it's genie and he was like that doesn't make any sense and i was like <laughs> I think when I was really little, I did not realize that they were separate actors. I think I, uh-huh. I just, I it never occurred to me that Barbara Eden played both, yeah, <laughs> both yeah. siblings. Yeah, but it does seem that there's people. something very Serena esque about um, Cassandra, and I think Serena came first before Cassandra yeah. did. I think that right. happened first chronologically. Right. One of my favorite, things, most ridiculous lines in Dark Shadows is in during the Leviathan storyline when. <laughs> It, the family's gonna sit like why does anyone recognize me as the woman named Cassandra oh she won't you had dark hair <laughs> you can tell when Jonathan Fred said it it was almost like you really? had dark hair. Do, I, do I have to say this line uh, <laughs> why would they even write that line and <laughs> 
it's like wow because those kids outside those kids outside were gonna be like but what about cassandra yeah yes yeah <laughs> won't someone please think of cassandra yeah, yeah. <laughs> couldn't I they have know. stayed somewhere else too like just, <laughs> right? like did they have to stay there a nice, like, a nice airbnb somewhere yeah go stand the cards poured in the cards yeah. <laughs> Well, they destroyed those sets by that point. Maybe, maybe Barnabas <laughs> thought Angelique could protect Carolyn somehow. Yes, maybe may she because she was like, "I do have all my powers." Yeah, so you know they're in storage, <laughs> but they're easy to take out. <laughs> no, take I want a little bit. Fine. <laughs> I want to touch on some other some other witches and magic users. Bathia Mapes, oh! uh, <laughs> short-lived character, but very memorable. Uh, <laughs> and need a bolster. You know uh, what's cool is she shows up in that. Um, uh, that dynamite adaptation of 1795, The Dark Shadows Year One. Maybe oh, you've yes. seen those. Yeah, 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 yeah. The comic yeah. book from and Dynamite. Yeah, Bafia Mapes gets an appearance. Yes. And, and she gets to she they 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 do that whole storyline with naked Angelique zooming around like the Green <laughs> Goblin. And, yes. Um, um but there's Bathia Mapes and she's intense. Like it's it's yeah, Nita yeah. Bolster looking. Mm. Yeah. But she's like got magical, I'm like actual magic and she can remember her lines. I'm sorry, Nita Bolster. <laughs> You are. I, I was so bummed when, when they edited out that um oh yes go to the house of the curse i was so disappointed when they when they fixed that yeah i think somebody at mpi was was ah. trimming stuff like that and then they put it they put it back in um but I, despite you know like i i despite the the line issue i thought she was awesome like trying oh, to yeah. perform this exorcism or or where does to, her power come from the curse. Such a good question yeah was, she, was she says witch. she was a yeah good she witch. says something like i've been tempted to put curses on people i can see both sides i love that um yeah you know wherever she and she comes real fast too i mean natalie and uh joshua have their little seance and then yeah. uh boom there she yeah, is there she is yeah yeah, yeah. Was she like down the street? Was she? Does she live in Collinsport? Was she in her garden going? Oh, she was. <laughs> I'm needed. Yeah. It's like the bat signal. It's the witch signal. It's just like a witch hat. The Bethia. <laughs> the Bethia. And I don't think they. I though they do say her name later. Right? I think Joshua says her name mm-hmm. after she's dead. I think yeah. like there's no no one introduces her. We don't know where she comes from. Um, she uses a cross. She gets to use a cross to try to cure. Barnabas so obviously yeah, she's coming box. from some other other Somewhere traditions there. and you know what Angelique even early Angelique is using a mix of traditions things like she's using like the dark calling upon Beelzebub but she's also do- using the herbs and the mortar and the pit like the nature yes. magic and she's also using uh like voodoo like poppets, voodoo. <laughs> poppets which is her favorite you know the pop that the voodoo dolls aka poppets yeah. and sticking needles or choking them so she's pulling from a variety of different sources here but anyway which traditions <laughs> yes yeah it's kind of cool um and so yeah uh bathia mapes now we also have now i don't consider and and in the in the the, the wiki it also addresses this um count patofi i love patofi <laughs> oh he has but one god and his name is patofi yes yes and everyone insists on calling him patofi even yeah. when he himself <laughs> says Patofi. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's Parker true. And Jonathan Fred could not be swayed. They were going to die on Patofi. the Patofi Hill. <laughs> yes. Yeah, what is he? Um, or Patofi. <laughs> is he a sorcerer? Is he, I think, I always think of him more, less as a warlock and more as a sorcerer. Like yeah, he, that's... The Dark Shadows Companion says he does, to his credit, he does not owe an allegiance to the devil. So his power comes from maybe inside of him, which is an interesting question. Like, do the other witches and warlocks, are they ordinary people or do they have some kind of innate talent for witchcraft that 
the devil amplifies, which has always kind of been my theory that like Angelique, Nicholas, they could do some stuff. Yeah. But, but when you sign the devil's book or when you um, sell your soul, I guess. Yeah. I, I uh, think. I think you you're right. Power. Yeah, I think you. I think you nailed it there. Maybe yeah. Nicholas is like a talent scout. I think that yeah. um, you <laughs> know Angelique, <laughs> right? He's a demonic talent scout. Yeah, uh, Angelique. Uh, he's he he brought her back as Cassandra. Um, yeah, with the portrait and calls her my my Cassandra a lot of times. So it's almost like he created her. Uh, yeah. and he's tethered. Um, he's tethered to that portrait. Mm -hmm. you see, you even see it in Leviathan. There's some. I know. <laughs> some tether to that to that portrait. Yeah, I would well, keep a a close watch on it, but she doesn't seem super yeah. concerned. But I think Maybe she's right. moved beyond. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Maybe, yeah, it's a it's a memento. But she, yeah, I think they they maybe those genuine witches and warlocks have some power that draws Diabolos's attention and maybe mm. then once like you said once you sign the book you're you're in you're all in but Tofi <laughs> he found his own path and he, he imbued his hand with all this power and you know interesting theory how did that happen like what did he do to to get gain this power but he's a, I agree he is a he is distinct in that he is sort of a mage or a sorcerer or a wizard uh, and in fact a lot of like dark fairy tale kind of stuff like the unicorn thing and everything yeah. like, <laughs> a gift from the unicorn yeah yes and he and angelique are pretty evenly matched i always like mm -hmm. um when angelique and potofi get a nice scene together I, I i don't i don't i get very tired of angelique being subjugated by the the men of the dark shadows universe but then she always is going to kick their asses and they're going to die. Right. Um, it happens over and over and over again. Well, she brings um, down Nicholas. She, she, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with yeah. one of the best incantations ever written mm -hmm. by humankind. Um, <laughs> but with, with Potofi, he has to like distract her for, for her to succumb. And then he takes her powers away, which is also interesting. Uh, where did they go? She says they'd come back eventually. I don't know what any He did that, that to Barnabas, but... too. He took Barnabas' yes. vampiric powers yes. away. so he couldn't he couldn't teleport. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's super You mean powerful. I have to walk? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yes, yes. And he, he, I think he took away all it. I mean, because he couldn't turn into a bat. He couldn't do anything. He couldn't use no. strength to whatever, nothing. Like, um, so um, Yeah, where anyway. does that come from? Potopi must just have been like, you know what? I'm gonna do this myself. I'm yeah, he's a, he's a he's a boss. He's just comes he's in. He's an but... inspiration to us all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pull yourself up by the bootstraps, just like Andreas Potopi. Yeah, he was great. Um, but but I mean, like for me, Warlock is like you said, affiliated with yeah. these dark with Diabolos. Potopi does his own thing. Now another one I want to bring a couple, couple more. Uh, Angelique in parallel time to me Ooh. is different type of witch than our Angelique. Totally. And totally. I feel she's like so bungly. <laughs> I feel like she's like if if Evan Hanley or or dabbling in the occult Quentin in eighteen ninety seven had become yeah. very adept at using the occult, I think they could have. That's what Angelique in Parallel Time is. I think she got really good from Timothy Stokes at learning how to how to and do Aunt something. Hannah, don't forget Aunt and Hannah. Aunt Hannah, how could we forget? <laughs> how? Oh. <laughs> so I think. Perhaps I she you just I'm watching that's a, that's the story that I'm watching right now and it is mm -hmm. it is um, it's it's frustrating a lot of times because I I am so accustomed to Angelique Classique who yeah. you know can kind of do whatever she wants and then there's this one who uh, um, oh, like yeah. did she have to be a witch I guess is did she have to and and yeah. if she'd continued along this like well so she dies you know she dies yeah. she 
going to hell? Is she going to the everlasting pits of hell parallel time version? And are there more than one? Does yeah. like each time band have its own heaven? Inter- and hell? Yeah. It's interesting uh uh thermodynamic question. Yeah, Warren, Warren Otson, I think, brought that up in one of his yeah, essays. He did, too. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. Um and it, it is an interesting question because the vampires fear the cross and, and there's ghosts and all kinds of things. But uh would Angelique Stokes have would she be able to come back? Could she use her portrait to come back if she wanted to? Um, like Cassandra did. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we'll, we'll never know. But it's interesting speculation too. But I think you're right. She's very much like Evan Hanley. She's very much like Quentin. They, um, or Magda, who is or often Magda. described as a, a gypsy witch. They call her a yeah. witch a lot of times too. And um, and she obviously has lots of power yeah. <laughs> and can she cast can set a curses curse. yeah. with the she, best of them. Yeah. Is Magda really a witch? Um, she seems to have that sort of magical non-white person power in yeah. a in a in a narrative um by virtue of her gypsiness, I guess. I don't know. I'm not sure if she's supposed to be in the same class with these guys or not, but she she does spells she uses herbs read the werewolf curses with a potion isn't it doesn't she yeah it's in, it's initiated by the potion quentin drinks the potion she does her like little hand and, thing yeah and, and then she goes and casts the, the spell. right she does so the curse yeah so what is she, she? and then she, she can't um and she can't undo her curse that's also interesting in the dark shadows universe like undoing your own curses uh, apparently very 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 difficult which is also what's frustrating about 1840 and exactly you know, like it's like you could do this but how, how did that happen you could have done we've this all given time. up we've all just given up by that point like sure angelique undo it you 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 go go girl go. <laughs> yeah she does yeah it's like okay maybe she's gained so much in power at that point that she's been able to, i don't know, you know at the last fest i bought um they had scripts for sale and i love to read the script oh they're cool and uh one of them was the episode uh, where Valerie and Barnabas meet for the first time. And she references the tower room. She references her burning in the tower room. And I'm glad they cut that line out because the fan nerd in me says, wait, 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 wait. That Angelique was actually Cassandra, vampire Angelique come back to 795. So she should have known Julia. She should have known Barnabas. She should have known all these people. but once again, we just threw the episode guide out and um, <laughs> thought nobody would be paying attention. Yeah. To well, this. they must have caught it then. I'm glad they yeah, caught it. Yeah, someone caught it. Somebody <laughs> did. Somebody caught that. So um, thanks for pointing that out. I, did, I didn't know that that was in that that script. I'd oh, I was thrilled. I yeah. was thrilled. I was such a nerd. I was like, oh, oh, hey, oh the tower burning. Because she mentions it in 1897 too. But in mm-hmm. 1897, she, she is the same. Experience. I mean, it's the same Angelique all the way until... Yeah. Until 1840. 1840. Yeah, yeah which, which is so is, disappointing. Yeah. It's they a, just throw all of that development out the window and it's it's just it makes me sad. Yeah. Sand I agree. I agree. It's I agree. Um one it, totally. I just uh, it was cool. I loved seeing it. Like you said, I loved seeing Angelique, adversary Angelique in 1840, but who then ultimately does you know, she becomes selfless. She she helps. Off screen, she had some deep soul searching she did somewhere else. Yes, yeah. So (laughs) so she's a wilting little flower who can be shot and killed. (laughs) 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 So the the last one is not really, there isn't much to say, um, but 
she is listed in the in the wiki and i can well, let me guess let me guess let me guess let me yeah. guess um oh we talked about magda what what time period it's one that isn't going to come to mind i don't think it's she was in 1840 but also in 1897 there's the big hint for you 1840 no no um oh 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 Mm, 1840 and 1887 she okay tell me she because in she's listed in the wiki and i i guess this is why uh, edith collins because she is she is brought into she shouldn't be that's fan wanking that's that's um what's his name oddson warren oddson again and i and i love this idea that edith is a witch i love the idea that edith um sells her soul to the she does though she she does in the show though doesn't she yeah oh yeah she she becomes his yeah yeah he brings her to his coven but she never gains any powers that we're aware of but it is an interesting fan wank in that it explains how she would come back to life and be makes total sense maybe that if she's there's a cool picture in the 1840 concordance i love warren Warren odson never did angelique's hair right but i uh, i do love his i do love his um his his work uh, there's a really cool picture of Edith Collins, like at the edge of Widow's Hill, going like this. Yes. Like, she's got like a, a knife or something. <laughs> I love <laughs> like, that so image. Cool. And he connects that all to if if you are listening and you have not acquired for yourself, oh, you're not going to be able to find a cheap copy of any of those concordances. So yeah. good luck. But um, the 1841 does have that great, like this great, I think it's called causality at Colin when it talks about yes. all the discrepancies and all of the uh paradoxes like roxanne and and uh edith yeah uh, i love the idea of edith collins as a witch who is hanging around collinwood for 60 years making mischief i love that idea yeah, yeah. would give uh, um terry crawford something to do definitely yeah and i love warren's essays with that one it was a great essay his thing though was that he didn't believe that time could be altered that it could be yeah. changed, but the series kind of <laughs> shows that it can like he was also wrong about angelique's um the the order of angelique's like yes. he didn't have access either he didn't have access to all the episodes or he didn't watch them as <laughs> many yeah. times as i have because <laughs> yeah. i was like oh you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong yeah well, angelique's Don- timeline is what the audience sees until right don glute that time can't be changed <laughs> uh, uh, i don't know if you know donald donald f glute who's big in the oh yeah. yeah oh i've got the dracula book somewhere yeah yeah his new edition of the dracula book has a chapter on angelique so I, I recommend uh, yes he he reissued it recently it has a a section on angelique's timeline where he tries to figure out how it works and how you should have asked me <laughs> <laughs> you should have. You should have. Uh, but yeah, if you uh, if you pick up the new, oh, I want you. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. He he makes Thank an effort to explain, and he has some similar. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. And when you read it, you'll see what his his theories are. But I, I suspect you you may enjoy them. So uh, yeah, so yeah, definitely oh, the Dracula book. I'll have to put a link to it in the in the, uh, in the show notes. So I think that covers most of the uh, well we have other mad people who use magic even barnabas uses magic the secret number of the universe and uh, oh i wish i had the secret magic number of the universe my god wouldn't that be great (laughs) (laughs) it's 17 sorry spoilers it's 17 (laughs) now you know (laughs) thanks Spoiler, yes, yeah, spoiler. I have to put a spoiler <laughs> warning because I did have been yelled at for spoilers on this. You're not I heard spoiler about that. 
I'm so sorry. Of the show course. is 60 years old, you guys. Come on. <laughs> but somebody gave Ugh. me a, somebody gave me a bad rating. A negative on, review. They, and heard. when I started put, putting the spoiler tag in, they they were kind enough to go back and remove the bad the, the bad. <laughs> so thank you. I'm sorry that I spoiled your fun for the show. Uh, <laughs> now I put a oh, spoiler God, tag think... on every episode, even if there are no spoilers <sighs> or mild spoilers. I think back in the back in the day um i love this the day was 1996 uh when <laughs> we would talk about sci-fi stuff nobody we didn't there was no no even if you watch like if you watch the trailer for house of dark shadows <laughs> it's mega spoilers like you see professor stokes as a vampire everyone becomes the vampire Marilyn is a vampire it's like we would never do that today like you know who we didn't talk about was angelique oh. knight of dark shadows is oh, she a witch call. yes i don't think she really was a witch i think she was accused of being a witch and maligned a but i don't think... us. i don't know what she was yeah. i don't know <laughs> um ill-defined um <laughs> i did a i did a on my blog one time i did a, an entire series of the fits and fashions of all the different angeliques in every incarnation <laughs> and poor Poor Angelique in Night of Dark Shadows. She had that one wispy nightgown and then the yeah. the, uh, the red dress that got cut out. And yeah. oh, oh, and yeah. her hanging dress. And her hanging dress. And her hanging dress. The hanging, don't forget that. Which I don't <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she was a witch. Like, I talked to Darren Gross, and he said one of the cut scenes from the film, when they had the seance, I think Quentin says, we know you were innocent. So, yeah, you were innocent. But they cut that from the movie. So it's ambiguous. Maybe she and, was. Yeah, because otherwise, how did she do this whole reincarnation? How does she make people mm -hmm. remember things? Yeah, yeah totally. So I don't, what do you think? And Angelique's a witch. I mean, when you know She's always about a Dark witch. Shadows, you know Barnabas is a vampire, Quentin is a werewolf, Angelique is a witch. Those are the yeah. things that, you know, even though Quentin was hardly a werewolf. He, he wasn't really. for that long, but that's what he's most no. remembered But that's for. what he's known for. Quentin's world, Hendrix yeah. a witch. Barnabas is a vampire. Yeah. And I'm, I, you know. I, agree, I agree with you about uh, Night of Dark Shadows. Like you would expect. I'm surprised they didn't do. They had the witch and the werewolf. So why not do special that, effects? Or... I'm guessing too. Yeah. I, I don't know if it would have been as. It would have looked like Although I don't know. There was a, there was a, what was it? Um, oh, I just saw a poster for it. Like my dad is a werewolf or something. Oh, okay. uh, the guy, the guy looks like it's from like 1972. Oh, oh, like uh, yeah. The, I know what you're talking about. The, um, my, uh, the boy who cried werewolf. Yes, the boy who cried werewolf. The where the, cried werewolf yes, where the werewolf looks like that. Yes, <laughs> yes. We probably would have gotten something like that. The uh, werewolf looks more like a lovable Yorkshire terrier than a monster. <laughs> yes, yes. Ooh, shady and thorn. Like, oh, I know he just, he just disemboweled someone, but he's so cute. He's like, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, I, I, it's I, don't, like... I don't know if that would have fit the story so much, too. But <laughs> I love Night of Dark Shadows. My, I remember I my too. own. My uncle told me it was boring. Like he's my uncle who introduced me to Dark Shadows when I was, you know, from birth. You know, to always talk <laughs> about Dark Shadows. But he used to say, "Oh, Night of Dark Shadows is boring." But I, I dug it when I saw it, and I still dig it. You know, it's a, it's I like a weird. It on. I lose, I lose interest during the car chase, and then yeah. I kind of skip to the end. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, 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 I actually end up watching Hods and Nods probably twice a year. I watch mm -hmm. them beginning of the summer and then I watch them at Christmas time usually. Oh, perfect. Have them on the background. Yeah, right. What a, yeah. Oh. Um, and I, <laughs> I don't know. I know that people don't, a lot of fans don't like them. I don't care for them. And I love them just, I don't know. They're more, they're more uh, tokens of the show. They're more mm -hmm. uh, ephemera stuff that I, I get to have. Um, yeah. 
I've been treating myself to lot, <laughs> lots of things on eBay lately, and I got the uh, Laserdisc, the Hods and Nods oh, cool. Laserdisc, which is so cool. I, well, can I play it? No. Do I need to? <laughs> no. Does it look really cool on my desk? Yes. Oh, it's so cool. That's a cool thing to have. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, and I wish so they would. I wish they would release oh. the restored Night of Dark Shadows. Yes. And like, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've got a good three or 400 years left in me. I think I can, I think I can wait. No. For the, for the cuts. <laughs> yes. The you have the portrait in the other room. Yes. So, yes. Um, and thank you for being on the show with me. <gasps> it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you. Uh, I've had a blast and I, I hope we get to meet in person one of these days. And I, I oh, certainly, please. yes. And I would love to someday we'll go, I have to have you back on the, on the show. Oh, it's been please. a blast chatting with please. you. So and if anybody <laughs> wants to find me, I'm on Instagram. I, I, actually, everything yeah. I have is by Laramie Dean, B-Y-L-A-R-A-M. I-E-D-E-A-N. I'm on Instagram. I'm on, I have my own website, which is yep. chock full of fun stuff. Um, some Dark Shadow stuff. And we had my book party. Um, my friend Amy had it at her gallery. And, she, and since she's framed so much of my stuff, she was like, why don't you bring all the Dark Shadows framed stuff? And so I got <laughs> some pictures of my, of, my, of my book party of me sitting in my suit with a portrait <laughs> of Angelique and uh, the Night of portrait. Um, Black Forest is available wherever fine books are sold. You can find the Dark Shadows references in them if you if you look closely. There's several <laughs> great, good, good. Um, yeah, yeah check out yeah bylaramiedean.com. Be sure to check out Laramie's website and of course also shadowsonthewallzine.blogspot.com. Check that out too. And I will also put a link to Laramie's Amazon page. You can find all of that in the show notes. So absolutely check out Laramie's work because uh, you will not be disappointed. It's just wonderful stuff. So thank you again, Laramie, for joining me. It's been a pleasure. And folks, thank you so much for listening to Terror at Collinwood. This is a, a fairly new podcast. I stumbled across it. It's called Objective 1225 or perhaps Objective 1225. It's a Dark Shadows podcast. It's hosted by Janice, who is a scholar of Gothic literature, and Phil, who's a former cast member of two predominantly Caucasian stage productions of The Wiz. Uh, and they attempt to process all 1,225 episodes of Dark Shadows. I'm happy to see a new Dark Shadows podcast here, Objective 1225. I listened to their first couple episodes. It was like their preamble before they dive into the episodes, and it sounded fun. Uh, and I, I will certainly be checking out their show. And I want to do a, a quick roundup, too, of other Dark Shadows podcasts that are out there. There's, of course, the wonderful Resident of Collinwood, hosted by Jewel T. Sains, and lately he's had the delightful Patrick McRae, writer of the Dark Shadows Daybook and Dark Shadows Daybook Unbound. They, they uh, have been doing uh, Daybook-style episodes where they're discussing specific episodes that they're pulling from the Dark Shadows library. Uh, they just did 1841 Parallel Time, the whole storyline, and other things. Jewel always has interesting topics, talks about characters, a variety of things. That's on YouTube. There's Between the Shadows, hosted by Kara Tillett and Kristen Pierce, the Sisters of the Shadows. So Between the Shadows, delightful podcast. I really enjoy it. Uh, they talk about the different storylines and break them into segments and talk about them. There's Literary License, which is not specifically a Dark Shadows podcast, but they do have a devoted Dark Shadows episode every so often, and they've gone through almost the entire series at this point. They've done several interviews with people like Michael Hadge, Buzz Hackett, and that's hosted by uh, Keith, Tom, Vicky, and Jesse. There's also Fanflack, hosted by Melody Clark and Mark 
Tanner. And again, that is not specifically a Dark Shadows podcast, but the Dark Shadows topic is often visited on the podcast. That's on YouTube. And Melody Clark is a longtime participant in the Dark Shadows fandom. She was one of the co-writers of the Dark Shadows Companion, was involved in running the Grayson Hall fan club, the festivals, and certainly there's Dark Paradise hosted by Rachel Pulliam, who you heard recently on this podcast talking about Victoria Winters. Uh, Dark Paradise covers both Dark Shadows and Strange Paradise. Rachel is a great host. She has interesting conversations about both Dark Shadows and Strange Paradise. Very well produced show too. Uh, There's also Deep Shadows, which is a Twitter-only show hosted by Dean and Lynn Edwards, and they talk about a variety of topics as well and weave in a lot of history, like the history of the Collins family and speculate about that, plus things like nautical history and all kinds of topics that they discuss. There's Pit of Ultimate Dark Shadows, which is a fanfic podcast with Dark Shadows merged with things like the Addams Family and crossovers and things like that, and that's hosted by Daryl Worrell. Uh, There is also the Collinsport Historical Society podcast, which is not active currently, but the episodes are still archived on all of the podcast apps and highly recommended. I'm very glad that Wallace McBride of the Collinsport Historical Society keeps those up. And of course, the classic horror podcasts. I I cannot leave those out. Uh, We have Monster Kid Radio, hosted by Derek M. Cook. We have the Classic Horrors Club podcast, hosted by Jeff Owens and Richard Chamberlain. We have the Diecast Movie Podcast, hosted by Steve Turek. All three of those amazing podcasts talk about a variety of classic horror topics, including Dark Shadows. In fact, Monster Kid Radio for a while was doing Dan Sember, where it was devoted to Dan Curtis every December. And also, I'm cutting this one in real quick. I forgot to mention him, and I love his channel, Bobby Lugosi, who hosts Dusty Old Movies on YouTube. The special recognition Rondo Award-winning Bobby Lugosi, I might add. He covers Dark Shadows quite a bit, Dusty Old Movies, and you heard him in episode six of this podcast. Lots of great shows to choose from. I'm probably missing some, and I do apologize if I did. It was not intentional. Um, But there are lots of great Dark Shadows podcasts, and there's a new one. So welcome to the club, Objective 1225. And for as long as they lived, the dark shadows never truly vanished, for there will always be Terror at Collinwood. Terror at Collinwood is a Penny Dreadful production.